I am so thrilled to be back here with you. Thank you, Paula, for letting me come back and, and just to share a message of what's happened this past year. And I entitled this uh, Diary of a Wilderness Walk because basically that's what it's been like for the past year. I've struggled, um, a lot of struggles in my family. A lot of it has been self-imposed at times, and I whined and I pouted, and I at times had a good old-fashioned temper tantrum. But the Lord is so good. He just comes back. He just keeps saying, come on, come with me. This year also showed me how quickly things can change. Um, and if you're not in a position to make the right decision, you're going to find yourself on the wrong path. Some of you are aware um, that my husband over the past couple of years has had to have um, spinal reconstructive surgery. And basically he has fused from the middle of his shoulder blades and his lower spine is connected to his hips. So it's been several surgeries and he's still struggling. And in the midst of that, I started to get sick. I've had, I had a lot of allergic reactions. I had hives. I'd wake up the next morning and I'd have, my face was swollen, um, infections, and they couldn't find out what was wrong with me. No matter what I went, I, here's another medicine, take this, see if it works. It always came back. And I was getting real tired of it. But the one thing that drove me crazy is I had a constant cough. It was a dry, chronic cough, and I had it for two or three years. And I'd go, and they, it's asthma, take this, take these steroids. And I just, it, there was something wrong. I knew that there was something wrong. And around last Christmas, I went to National Jewish. And I went in, I told them the symptoms, and they put me through some tests. And right after Christmas, um, they finally said, you do have something. And we're calling it, the name of this is interstitial lung disease. And it's idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. And I was like, whoa. But there was a part of me after all this time, I was like, See, I told you. I told you there was something wrong with me, and I, you didn't listen, and so now I felt very vindicated. I felt like I got this right, and so just give me my pill or my medicine, and then let me be fixed, and I'll go on my way. Well, when I first received the diagnosis, like everybody does, I Googled it. And that was the wrong thing to do. Ooh, let me tell you. Um, but I never in a million years expected to read this. Some interstitial lung disease has a better prognosis than others. One of the most common types, called idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, can have a limited outlook. The average survival is three to five years. And it can be longer with certain medications, but really it's three to five years, five years max. If I wasn't short of breath at that point in time, I'll tell you what, my breath was taken away. I felt like I was sucker punched. I called the lung specialist at National Jewish and I called my primary care physician. And I think this is some type of medical 
joke because I called them and said, look, you got to give it to me straight. How much time do I have and am I going to die? And each one of them said, yes, you're going to die. And then there was a pause and it was like, but everybody's going to die, so everybody's on this earth is going to die. So I'm like, you know, that's not funny. Don't, don't do that to me. <sighs> right? They thought it was hilarious. I didn't. I didn't find it funny in the least. <laughs> but they did tell me that this disease does not have to be a death sentence. What Google doesn't tell you is that within the last couple of years, the FDA did approve some drugs that will stop the progression of this disease. It won't cure it, but it will stop the progression. I believe that God's going to cure it for me, without a doubt. Um, in the first week of finding out, as I was driving to work, I heard the Lord very clearly ask me, Lee, are you going to believe the doctor's word, or are you going to believe my word? And of course, I mean, I wasn't going to say to him, I'm going to believe the doctor's word. I'm going to believe your word, Lord. But I said it with my mouth, and I said it in my head. Nothing was coming from my heart. I did not believe that at that point in time. And, you know, as I look back when I first got that, that diagnosis, I was wondering, why did I not rebuke it right then and there in the name of Jesus? Why didn't I say, I'm not accepting that. That's not mine. And in the name of Jesus, I will be well. Something was just not right with me at that point in time. And I started to look back from maybe beginning of 2017 through, you know, now, just about maybe six months ago uh, when, I, when I retired. Um, a number of things happened in my family. Um, besides my husband and I, um, my mom became ill and they had to give her pain medication and they OD'd her. And so they had to um, use Narcan to bring her back. My brother was involuntarily committed because he was addicted to drugs. Um, and my granddaughter um, had a suicide attempt. And so all of these things are going on. Now what I wanna say is I'm sharing this with you, but this is probably no more or no less than anybody sitting in here has been gone through, has gone through, and has attacks. The enemy is attacking us. He's attacking our minds, he's attacking our families, he's attacking our kids. He's attacking our identity. I, I actually felt, as I started to think about this, that I acted as a 90 pound, and I'm not 90 pounds, folks, but I acted as a 90 pound spiritual weakling. That's what I felt like. I had no strength in me, none. And I took time to review with the Lord, what, what happened? Why I was so strong and now I'm not? What happened? And there was an incident that occurred that I think opened the door for a lot of these things, or at least not letting me be strong in the Lord. I was talking with a group of folks, and I really felt that the Lord gave me a message for these folks. 
And I was so proud of myself that the Lord had given me this message. And I honestly believe that my, now I can admit it, but I think ego came into play like, the Lord gave me this message for you. Didn't give it right to you, but gave it to me. And after I finished, and I thought I was really good, and I went over to a group of people. I said, I hope, you, I hope the Lord ministered to you. I hope you got this message. And the response that I got totally threw me. I, I think that's where I just lost it. I lost my sense of identity. Because they turned around and said, your message meant nothing to me. You know, I didn't get anything from it. I don't know what you're talking about. And they left it at le like that. I was floored. I really was. And I look back and I want to make it clear, these folks did not at any time, they weren't angry, they weren't nasty, they didn't diminish me, they weren't demeaning, they just called it like it was. I, I didn't get anything from it. But the enemy took that, and what Lee heard was, <clears throat> you're not enough, um, you're not good enough, who do you think you are, and why are you even playing this game? And I believed hook, line, and sinker exactly what those lies were. I was ready to accept them, and I took them in. I opened the door, and when I opened that door, I got spiritual amnesia. That's all I can say. I forgot who I was. I was so ready to listen to the lies of the enemy. And it just, it just, it was, it was as if I was, when I opened that door, I lost my passport that said I was a citizen of the kingdom of heaven with all the rights and privileges and authority. I lost that passport and I just had a travel visa now to walk on the earth. That's exactly what I did when I opened that door of spiritual identity. I lost it. Instead of believing God and who my creator says I am and who I belong to, I chose to believe the lies. It was easier. I believed the lies. Because that's how I felt at that time when that happened to me. And I will tell you, when fear comes in, you start to doubt and you start to believe a lie, and the lie gets bigger and bigger in, you, in your mind, and that's all that you focus on, until all of a sudden, um, it takes precedence over everything. You can't function. You're believing the lie. As I started to bring this to the Lord and talk to him about the lies, and it was almost this kind of, what are you going to do about it, Lord? And the sweet, special, sweet Holy Spirit began to guide me into his presence, into finding rest in his presence. At the beginning of 2018, before all of this, after, right before the disease was diagnosed, um, the Lord gave me three words, commission, miracles, and kingdom. And I was like, okay, do something with these words, Lord, please. And as I started to read, Bill Johnson wrote something and it really hit me. 
He says, Jesus destroyed the power of sin, sickness, and poverty through his redemptive work on the cross. Prior to the fall, Adam and Eve's commission by God was to subdue the earth. And that was to subdue it. And when they did, prior to the fall, there was no sickness, poverty, or sin. But because Christ went to the cross and paid the price for us, we're now restored to the original purpose he had for us, which is to subdue the earth without sickness, sin, or poverty. This is the new covenant, folks. This is what he was talking about. And I kept saying I love it, but why is it so difficult? Why is it so difficult? Why don't I see miracles? Why don't we see signs and wonders every time believers get together? Why don't we see that? In Matthew 16, 19, Jesus said to Peter, I will give you the kings, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is already loosed in heaven. It's already done. We need to speak it. We need to walk in power. We are his commissioned agents in the natural realm where to access through our life in Christ everything that is needed to see miracles. That's why he has us down here. Where to be his hands and feet. So I had to keep asking myself, why, 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 why not? Why don't I see it? Why is it not manifested? Do I just talk the talk and not walk the talk? Am I just all words and no action? When Jesus walked the earth, everybody was healed. Everybody. He never left anybody out. If he lives in us, why are we not? I, I mean, this has just been for me a year of trying to figure out why. Well, we have a lot of work to do. When I was reading John 14, now this is Jesus talking to his disciples. And he, he says, this is the truth. I'm telling you the truth here. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, greater things than these that he's seen me do. I, you will do greater things than this. Because I'm going to go be with my father. And you ask anything in my name, and it will be done for you. And I've, I've always loved that, but it's like, okay, you're saying that, but I'm not seeing it. Why? Right after he said, spoke this, the, the next paragraph, Jesus is talking to his disciples about the Holy Spirit. And he's talking with them about love will empower you. His love will empower you to do these things. So again, I ask, why is there so little evidence of signs and wonders, of healings? Why are people not regularly healed of addictions, depression, oppression, possession, poverty, the threatening suicide, 
wondering what their life is all about. Why, is there, why are we so cloudy on this? What is missing? And I kept asking myself, what is missing, Lord? What is missing? And he finally said to me, nothing is missing. It's the who that you're missing. Oh, okay. 1 Corinthians 4.20. The kingdom of heaven is not in word, but in power. Power flows from the presence of God. We need to seek the presence of God. His power, the Holy Spirit, lives within us. The most important thing in our life should be in, to be in his presence because that's relationship. The power will flow once we're in relationship. That's a given. In, in another place in the Bible, in Luke 17, the religious guys are talking with Jesus about the kingdom of heaven, and they ask him, when will this kingdom of heaven come to pass? When, when will it come? And Jesus says, in, in, in Luke 17, he says, that the kingdom does not come simply by obeying principles or by waiting for signs. It is not in one place or another, for God's kingdom realm is already expanding within some of you. It's in here. It's with us. I realized I was looking for the thing, power, when I should be looking for the person, the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. I had everything all backwards. I think sometimes a lot of us do because we, we think we're, you know, I really thought, hey, I'm walking with the Lord. Well, I was just saying when you, when I want you to walk with me, you can walk with me. But I wasn't, I wasn't saying whatever you want. Whatever you want, I'm yours. The Holy Spirit that lives in, lives in us is God's presence in us. We need to value that than anything else. Whether the power, the signs and miracles, they will come. But what we need to value and what we need to strive for, not even strive, but go after, is the presence of God. So getting back to signs and wonders and miracles, let me be clear. I believe healing is the kingdom message. There is no sickness, sin, poverty, or anything foul in the kingdom of God. So I believe it's our Father's heart for his children to be whole, well, be provided for. But first seek the kingdom of God, which is his presence, and everything else will fall into place according to his will. You know, I, I closed, I realized that I, when I closed that or opened the door for that insecurity, um, and I had that bout of spiritual amnesia, I, I listened to a voice that wasn't my shepherd's. I became more convinced of my inability and unworthiness than in his ability and worthiness. That's all I focused on was my inability to do anything rather than his ability to do everything. I lost sight of the kingdom. It's a scary place to be because you're playing a game. You wear a mask. How's everything? I'm fine. How are you feeling? God's healing me. And then I would go home and say, I have no idea why I said that because 
I feel crappy. I really do. It's so easy to accept something that we can see visibly than that which we cannot see. The kingdom of heaven is invisible. That's why I listened to another voice. It was that quick. I closed the door on his presence. And that's where our abundant life is. It's in his presence. You know, he wants to hear, when you talk about being in his presence, it's nothing magical. It really is just sitting down and sometimes keeping your mouth shut, waiting for him to just talk with you or listen or impress upon you. And then you start to have a dialogue. And it was hard for me to get back into having a dialogue with him. You know, just telling, I was just so used to check, 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 rather than just waiting for him to respond. It can't be, I want to spend time in Lee's presence. I want to spend time in his presence. And that means sharing the intimate details of my life. And even though he knows all those things and ahead of time, he loves us sharing. That's what grows the relationship. I want to be like in Exodus 33, when, when Moses and God were having those conversations up on the mount, and he spoke to him face to face like a friend to a friend. I want, I want that kind of presence. I really do. Because it's for all of us. We, we have that opportunity to do that. We have been commissioned by Jesus Christ himself with all authority that was given to him by his Father, our Father, to demonstrate the heart of God, to demonstrate his nature. And I'm going to go use the word miracles. Miracles are an extension and an outward manifestation or expression of God's love. So I say step out in his name. But before you step out, you need to step into his presence to be strengthened. Colossians 3.3 says, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. If we can get that, if we can really make that tangible, that says it all. We died, and we rose, and we now live a life with Christ in God. Make sure you understand that we are now totally equipped to carry out our mission if we choose to accept it. That, I was like mission, I just saw mission impossible. That's, <laughs> okay. So, some of the things the Lord told me about this wilderness hike. When you get off course, you need to course correct. You need to get the map out, which is the word of God, and you need to get into it. Don't go it alone. Community, community, community. It is critical to hold you up. You know, and the more you try to hide it by, yeah, everything's fine, that's cool, no problems, I have no problems whatsoever. When you push that down and it tries to go further down, that darkness, it it grows like mold or something until you can get it out into the light. My sweet friends have prayed for me, prayed with me, prayed over me. They've encouraged me. They've strengthened me. It's just like when Moses in, in Exodus, when, 
when the Israelites and the Amalekites were fighting. And God said, just, you know, lift your arms up, Moses. And because every time he lifts them up, the Israelites were winning. He put them down, they were losing. So of course they wanted him to raise his arms. But he got tired. He was really tired. And so Aaron and her came over and they got him a nice stone, sit down, let us hold your arms up. That's what community does. That's what this group has always, that was the DNA of this group to start with. Rest. Just like we need to do certain things, you have to rest in the natural, you have to rest in the spiritual too. And when I say, when I mean rest, I mean rest in him. There's nothing you have to do except ask for his presence and rest. He'll show you the rest. You know, sometimes with healing, you need to exercise your faith. Sometimes with healing, I remember when I first found out a number of things and I'm praying, you know, Lord, Lord, just help me, Lord, and, you know, take this, take this from me, and, you know, just, you know, your promise says this. Well, the other thing is, what the word says is, you need to speak to the mountain. And the mountain is the disease or whatever obstacle that is there. And you don't need to start up and execute a technical mountain climb. Okay, it's just very simple. Speak to whatever's in your way. Speak to the mountain. In faith, no doubt, and that mountain will be removed. And I was looking at faith all wrong also. It's not a step-by-step -step procedure just to get what you want. Faith is all about our relationship with God. That's what faith is. And so we need to make sure we're spiritually healthy. We need to make sure we have our identity, that we know whose we are and who we are and who Christ says we are. How strong is our ability in spiritual health? How strong is our ability to withstand temptation, lies, divorce, illness, sickness, poverty? God didn't create us to take us out of this world. In John 17, and this is, this is the chapter where Jesus is praying for, for the believers who are going to come after the disciples. And he's praying to his father. He says, I'm not asking that you remove them from the world. I'm just asking that you guard their hearts against evil. We have to be in the world, folks. That's where we're to be. And then Paul in 1 Corinthians, he's talking, there was some, I guess, drama going on within the Corinthian community there. And he said to them, in no way was I referring to avoiding contact with unbelievers who are immoral or greedy or swindlers or believe in other gods. For that would mean I have to take you out of the world. That's not what I've commissioned you to do. That's what you have not been commissioned to be taken out of the world. Why do I need to give you authority? And so as we go through that, I realized we need to develop that spiritual autoimmune system. As in the physical, we need to exercise. We can't afford to become sluggish. In Hebrews, which is the, the book of faith, 
It says, don't allow your hearts to grow dull or lose your enthusiasm, but follow those who fully received what God has promised because of their strong faith and patient endurance. And so it's up to us not to sit here and wait if we are doubting or something like that or feel sluggish. Put on worship music. Read a book by some of the greats in faith. Read the word of God. You need to do something, not sit there. We need to be active. We have work to do. We have been called to do good works. The Passion Translation puts it, puts it this way. We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny that he has given each of us, for we are joined to Jesus, the Anointed One. And then he goes on to say, even before you were born, God, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works that we were to do to fulfill it. We have, to, we, have to, we have to work, we have to be active, we have to work, that's what the word says. He also knows that we have to rest, just like Jesus took time to be alone, not just at the Garden of Gethsemane, many times he left the crowds after he had spoke with them and taught them and healed them. He went and spent time with his father so he could commune. He wanted to be in his presence, is what he wanted, because the power flowed through the presence. And when we rest, that doesn't mean we're not doing anything. We are doing something. We're doing something that's going to replenish and renew us so that we can get back to the good works that we've been called to do. I don't need to tell you that we need a healthy spiritual diet. We need to stay in the Word. We need to read the Word. We need to understand the Word. John 6, 63 says, the words I speak to you are spirit and life. That's where we're going to get the energy and the life. We need to be nourished daily on the word of God. And so, let's recap. For our spiritual health, we need to make sure we have a healthy diet of God's word. We need to um, exercise our faith. We need to do the work that we've been called to do. And we need to rest in him, in his presence. So, am I healed? I believe I am. I'll tell you that the, one of the funniest things, and finally, I went to Bethel for prayer in one time this year. And I went there for prayer. And when I walked in, and I went up to the prayer team, and they said, um, you have so much joy. We, we saw you walking in and there was joy all over you. And how can we help you? I'm, I have a disease. <laughs> I'm not real joyful right now. And they just started to build me up and they prayed. And my friends have prayed. I'm hearing from the Lord again. I'm spending time in his presence. I don't know what's going to happen. I believe I'm going to be healed. But every time I go to National Jewish Now, and I probably since January 4th, I have almost probably had 30 tests, okay? And every time they take a test to find out about why I got what I had or what they diagnosed me with, they find something else wrong with me. And I'm like, 
but that can't be. I feel real good. I mean, I, I feel good. I don't feel like that. And I've just decided with the Lord that I'm just laughing about this because now it's, it's funny to me. It really, really is. Well, you have this. Really? I feel real good. I don't have any pain or anything like that. Oh, no, you got this. No, I'm telling you, I really feel good. And that's the way I'm going to have to do this. I think the Lord just wants me to walk through it. Um, I'm, going to, I'm going to continue to exercise my spiritual muscles. I'm going to be nourished by the Word of God. And I want to rest in His presence because power comes from His presence. It's a natural outflow of being in His presence. And so, let me just pray right now. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much for having this plan all laid out for each and every one of us. And we just have to access it through faith. Faith is the key to unlock, the key. it's the key to the kingdom of heaven. And so, Father God, I just ask that you reveal yourself, reveal the kingdom and your presence so that your power just naturally flows out and that we could represent you as we do the works that you ordained for each of us to do from the beginning of time. I praise you, I thank you, and bless all of these people, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.